0: I'm the lead pastor here. It's a pleasure to be here with you today on this fine, rainy Sunday. It's a beautiful day today. Uh, I was out last week, but I heard it was a, a great moment of worshiping God together. Amy and I were uh, in Florida, in case you're wondering who uh, that is, the, the, the beautiful uh, girl that was just on the stage here giving all the announcements. That's my wife. That's Amy. She and I uh, moved here about four years ago-ish and helped start this church And uh, we are a part of every nation. Uh, It's a global ministry that exists uh, around the world. And we are passionate about planting churches, birthing campus ministries, and releasing people into ministry and missions. You excited about that? I'm excited about that. Now, here's what I want to say to you this morning Uh, I have been, I was out of town, I had the week off. Now, I gave a nice little, just bear with me, 15 minute, updated our church in Orlando uh, where Amy and I pastored for six years. But that's not the same as preaching. So I've got some stored up preach. Okay, so you know, if you just feel like I'm going a a thousand miles an hour this morning, just bear with me. We're going to get there. Um, Amy and I pastored in Orlando for six years. It was a High Point church there. And We, there are are some things about pastoring in Orlando, if you don't know. Uh, It seems like everybody and their mom works at one of two places, Disney World or Universal. Now, it's not true, but I will say, one of the perks of pastoring a church in Orlando is that you know some people who can hook you up. And so when we went in town... We brought all the kids, all four kids with us, and, you know, I did, I did the work and got the ministry done, and it was, it was great, and it was exciting, and then we went to Disney World. Please raise your hand this morning if you have been to Disney World, okay? That is most of you, okay? The majority of you. Raise your hands if you are a mom and dad that has Taken children to Disney World. The hands are a lot less high. Now, some of you have sworn to never do such things, right? (laughs) And the hands are going up. It is fun, okay? I promise. I want to say this, though, because it's interesting. This message, I adjusted this message after going to Disney World. Disney World has a nickname of being the happiest place on earth. You've heard it it referred to as such before. And it's interesting because it is so fun and it's exciting, and we had a blast. I mean, we love it. We live for, when Amy and I lived in in, in Disney World, I mean, before we lived in Orlando, before we had kids, we would go to Disney World. We had season passes, so we'd go for dates. And you'd literally zip in for 45 minutes. You'd go to France at Epcot. You know, and you'd get your little French thing on and then you'd literally leave. You didn't have to fool around with, you know, the family that's trying to cram every single thing in because they've only got a limited amount of time at Disney World. So you will enjoy this. You will have a smile on your face, and we are going to we're gonna push it and grind it until the last magic is left here. Okay? And so when we had kids, we started going. When we were when we were together, when we were we were just newlyweds, we would go all the time. When Amy's or my family would come in town, what would we do? We'd get passes for everybody, and we'd go. So we would go to Disney World all the time. But I will tell you, now as somebody on the outside, driving in from out of town, my experience was different. So we've got the double stroller, which the double stroller, Disney World, okay? It was a holiday weekend, which we forgot about. It was 86 degrees. And, you know, there are lines everywhere. And you, you're you at the happiest place on earth. And you, you come to this place where, as a parent, you're next to another parent, and you just make eye contact. And you just kind of do this, like, mm-hmm, it simply means I I acknowledge I acknowledge your life right now. <laughs> I acknowledge you. I acknowledge who you are because I understand where you are and what you're doing. It's funny that you can be at the happiest place on earth and yet interestingly enough you're sweating, your feet hurt, you're thinking about money, your kids are crying, and you're thinking to yourself this Why am I not happy? (laughs) Right? Here I am at the happiest place on earth, but I'm struggling actually to be happy. And the parallel in regards, in regarding our Christian faith is one that struck me while we were sitting there. Because there's no reason, right, for you not to, to be happy. I mean, you've got... Every possible, uh, I mean, everything is afforded you at Disney World. It's beautiful. You are entertained until the cows come home. And yet family after family after family is struggling to be happy in the happiest place on earth. And here we are as we're talking about our Christian faith. And some of us struggle. We're going to get to the passage here in just a minute. God has given us every single thing the Bible says in Christ Jesus. That we have been blessed in the heavenly realms with every single thing that we could ever need. And yet we struggle, do we not, to somehow just be blessed. Hashtag blessed. You guys tracking with me this morning? God gives us what we need, and yet we're rarely satisfied. Because after all, it's too hot. There's too many people around here. The line's too long. may not be that particular thing. But there's something to grumble or complain about. Let me do this. Philippians 2, 14 through 16 says this. We're in a series called Shine Like the Stars. And Paul reminds us, he says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of God. Now, I'm going to say this to you, because we've talked about complaining, and we've talked about grumbling, and God has called us, you and I, for our lives to shine and to emit light, the light of the gospel in a dark place. You and I are the carriers and bringers of the light of the gospel. It's an amazing privilege that God has given us. And yet, sometimes, do we not struggle to shine? It's like your life is on a dimmer pack, if you have a dimmer in your house, and it's just, who's, who's turned the dimmer down? I'm struggling here. I'm not shining the way I know God has invited me to shine. And one of the reasons, you can go back and listen to several of the other messages, but one of the reasons... The same thing that, that, that gets to us when we're at Disney World, Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom. You're in the happiest place on earth, and yet you're struggling to be happy. You are blessed with everything that God has given you. He's called you to shine the majesty of the stars to your community, and yet we struggle to do so. Why? One of the reasons is this nasty little word that we're going to talk about called fatigue. Spiritual fatigue. Now, if you have been to Magic Kingdom and you have walked around, you know what I'm talking about when you have hit like the fourth hour and your legs feel like they're going to fall off. Your your knees are swelling, your feet are swelling, it's hot, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a good time, I promise, but your feet are going to hurt. You get fatigued doing this, pushing the stroller, feeding kids. You see the fatigue on mom and dad's face. One of the things that erodes and eats into the happiest place on earth is the fact that you are just so fatigued. And the same thing happens to us spiritually. Listen to this for a second. Fatigue. Here's how you know if you're fatigued. You have lack of motivation or the ability to begin an activity. Uh Uh-oh. You tire easily once the activity has begun. Check. The person has mental fatigue or difficulty with concentration and memory to start or complete. And activity. Now, everyone in here is beginning to get worried because we can, if this is American life, the ability to just get up and get going. We're so busy, are we not? We're so so fractured in our lives that many of us feel fatigued. And I want you to hear this, church. This is more than you just needing to get in your bed and sleep for a few more hours. Many of us have spiritual fatigue that is working its way into our souls. We're tired, but not just tired in the flesh. We are tired on the inside. You guys with me this morning? Here are some other things regarding fatigue. The spiritual side of it. You have an inability to be moved by God. You have a lack of conviction. Sin just doesn't seem to really bother you anymore. You have repeated sin. Or there's just this disposition in your heart where you just... Feel yourself trying to hide from God in his presence. Ever been there? Felt like you before? Of course. I'm sure it has. Even as I read those things, I feel the, the conviction of my own heart of making sure, man, am I fa- am I fatigued in my soul? A lot of people have made horrible decisions for no other reason. Then they were fatigued in the innermost parts of who they are. They didn't know how to fix it. Galatians 5, actually verse 16, it says, Walk by the Spirit, this is Paul writing, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about shining like the stars, you know what we're talking about? We're talking about you loving like Jesus loves. Talking about you having joy. The joy of your salvation. The scriptures teach. The joy of the Lord, the Bible says, is my strength. Strength kindness could could we use more kindness i mean people if you literally pull out your phone right now it will take you approximately 3 seconds or less to find a nasty post on social media true patience gentleness self control these are the things, when we are walking in the Spirit, they cause your life and mine to shine like the stars, to shine like a star in a very dark place. You guys with me this morning? A fatigued soul doesn't shine. Mark four fourteen 14 through 20. We're going to talk about how we get this way for just a second. I've wrestled with with how I want to communicate this because in some ways I can stand on this stage and I can be the greatest hypocrite. If I stand here and act like I don't ever wrestle with this because I do, I have to take regular self-inventory of the gospel in my own life. And sometimes when I look in the mirror, I don't always like what I see. Sometimes I'm really good at helping moderate some things on Facebook when things are going up in flames. And then there are other times where my wife is saying, honey, do not post that. Delete that. (laughs) Or I'll do it of my own accord. But that doesn't change the fact that there's something boiling up inside of me. And the last thing that it is, is self-control or gentleness or kindness. I don't always like what I see in the mirror. And and the writer Mark here, he he describes it this way. He's not talking about shining like the stars. And he's not talking really about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But I think you're going to understand what we're getting at here as I read this passage to you. It says that the farmer sows the word. And some people are like seed along the path where the word is shown. This is Jesus speaking. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. Like a puff of air. Gone. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, they hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, and it makes it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it. Produce a crop, some 30, 60, and a hundred times what was sown. When my soul is tired, and when your soul is tired, when it is fatigued, Bible refers it when you're weary of soul. Your decision-making ability is oftentimes a little bit helter-skelter. We don't always make the best choices. We see people choosing to cheat on spouses. Oftentimes, it's not some addiction. There's a fatigue in their soul. And they're trying to find rest someplace. And they find attention from somebody other than their spouse that makes them feel good for a minute. And the rest that they so desperately need is abated for just a moment. When people get stuck addicted to pornography, oftentimes there is a restlessness in their soul, and they are trying to find something to fill it. When people go to the refrigerator and we grab for the food, when we're stressed, guess what we're trying to do? We're trying to find rest for a weary soul, and we're doing it in the arms of a pizza or a Coke, Or here's one that we say all the time that has even been perpetuated by Christian leaders over and over again as of late. And it's this love for wine. Now hear me, I could care less whether somebody drinks wine. I do not care one flying rip. But there's a moment where where you can see the tone and you can see, or the, or the post or the, the messaging or the book that they've written. And the wine is being used to meet a need to fill something in a heart, a restlessness in the soul. And if you can't function or I just can't wind down without my glass of wine or my bottle of wine. Well, understand something. There's something in your life that you're leaning on to give you peace and rest. And it's really not Jesus. I could care less whether you have a beer. Or whether you have a glass of wine. I do not care. But when that begins to take the place of Jesus in your life, then we have a problem. Chasing the wrong things fatigues your soul. What is it that the writer Jesus says? He says that the seed is sown among you. And there's a lot of things we could unpack in this passage, but I'm going to hit the one last piece. It says the worries of this life. The deceitfulness of wealth and the other things that you just want in this world have a way of choking out the gospel in your life. You know what chokes out love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? It's my passion for wealth, my de- the deception that creeps in, and I'm no longer satisfied. It's me panicking and worrying. It's amazing when I'm worried how I have an inability to be gentle. And kind and I'm stressed out and I lose my cool with the kids because the fruit of the Holy Spirit and worry don't work super well together man being defined by money and the deception of wealth it's amazing how the fruit of the Holy Spirit doesn't bloom and blossom and grow And that's our heart's cry. You see, fatigue, it erodes the capacity for you to make great decisions. But then this self-fulfilling prophecy happens. We start making bad decisions. We start pursuing the wrong things, and we feel fatigued because of it. But because we feel fatigued and our soul feels weary, well, what is it that we choose to do to try to find rest for our weary soul? We chase after the wrong things. And the cycle just continues. I feel fatigued in my soul, so I make bad decisions. But I make bad decisions, and therefore I feel fatigued in my heart of hearts. You know, if you're new to Atlanta, this has been a winter for us to remember. It's been lots of snow, okay? One snow in particular was like, I mean, northern hemisphere type snow of the United States, not hemisphere, northern part of the U.S. And we had over a foot. And at one point in time, we didn't really even have a sled. But you know what we had in the garage? We had a box, we had a cardboard box. I was like, we're going to do this. There's snow on the ground, and we are going to sled. So we, you know, you you, you break the box down so it's flat, and we've got video, you know, that we were posting of the kids just tearing up the backyard on a piece of cardboard. And then Amy and I are using it, we're going down, and over time, guess what begins to happen to that piece of cardboard? It begins to fall apart. And the kids are looking at it and all of a sudden they're getting heartbroken because their sled is eroding and it's it's disintegrating literally before their eyes. But the truth of the matter is that cardboard sled was never designed to be used in the capacity that it's being used. It was never designed to carry the burden of weight down a hill in the snow. And because it was used in such a fashion... It began to buckle under the weight and began to come apart. And many of our souls feel the same way. We're chasing after the wrong things to try to find rest and like a sled that's just coming apart because it's not a sled. It's made of cardboard. Our souls are buckling under the pursuit of things that cannot and will not and will never be able to give us rest. What do we do? What do we do? I sat at my computer last night deleting paragraphs of this message (laughs) because I didn't even feel like I could stand here and and deliver some of it without it being hypocritical because I will be the first to tell you there has been a tiredness at times in my soul. And some of that, guys, I, I, I know, some of it is season of life. Like you just have physical tiredness. But then sometimes what we do is we take on the weight of too many things. And the weight of the world, the worries of this life, Eat who you are on the inside. And whether it's gun reform, whether it's mental health, whether it's race, it's amazing when we have fatigue in our soul. We have the inability to respond like, like stars that are shining in the night sky. We react and we're angry and we're hurting and we're broken and the fracturedness on the inside comes out rather than the Christian community, the church who is supposed to give compassion and grace and kindness and love and joy and peace and patience. Now hear me. It doesn't mean things don't need to get done. Conversations don't need to be had. They do. But oftentimes our disposition reveals something greater on the inside. A lack. Guilty. So what do we do? I know, why don't you go home and get that 15 minutes of Bible time, you know, get a little prayer in, get the hour, you want to be special, do the hour of power. Come on, first thing in the morning, and you'll be good to go. No? I mean, maybe. Maybe that is what you need to do. But what's amazing is I know so many people who know the Bible backwards and forwards and yet find themselves in the exact same position. Because you can know a lot here and you can read it right here and it still not make its way the six inches from your brain to your heart. What do we need? We need the very presence of Jesus in our lives. And I'm never going to stand up here and discourage you from reading the Bible. Man, I want you to. I want you to pray. I want you to seek him. I want you to pursue him. But understand that pursuit and and reading the Bible and the praying to God are all an attempt for us to have relationship with him. Now, thankfully, we don't have to work our way into relationship with God. We don't have to work our way into his graces. But there is a moment, church, where we have to stop, we have to turn, and we have to invite Jesus in. Revelation reminds us that Jesus is knocking at the door. What is it that we need to do? Revelations, I think, chapter 4, is we have to open the door and invite him In the Bible says that He will come, it's figurative language, and He will dine with you and I. You know what, you and I need more than anything else? We need the very presence of Jesus in our lives. I mean, the kind of presence of Jesus, the presence of God, where David writes that my heart and my soul cry out to you, my flesh cries out to you like a deer that pants for water. My soul is thirsty for you, Jesus. You are who I need. You are what I want. Not just the verse of the day slapped on social media. I love it. I love that you can post it. But two minutes on the Bible app and posting the verse of the day isn't bringing you into the presence of God. God. We have to do more. We have to experience more than that. And Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 11, 25 through 30. He says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, Jesus is speaking to a religious community of people in this moment. And they have been carrying the weight of trying to do and trying to earn and trying to get in the good graces of God. And and all of their Bible knowing and all of their Bible learning and all of their scriptures and scrolls and temple, they were missing the very one who could actually give them true rest. He was standing right in front of them. And Jesus is saying that if you know the Father, you know me. And if you know me, you know the Father. Come to me. I'm the one who can give you rest for your weary and burdened soul. It's me. Not your capacity to memorize Bible verses or your church attendance, or your giving numbers, or how great or big or small your life group is, none of those things will get you into the presence of God and satisfy the hunger and thirst that you desperately need satisfied. Only Jesus Christ can do that. So we get back to this moment of what is it we need to do to find rest for your soul that you might shine like the stars. You need to open the door and invite the king of kings into your heart afresh. Those things that you're worried about, you just, I know it sounds simple, but if you remember, he's hidden it from the wise, and those who are so learned, and yet the little children have grasped it. Well, what is it that children get? They get this idea of coming and knocking on the door. If you've got a child who's ever tried to get your attention, they will never take no for an answer. They will not let go. They will, stop. they will not stop pestering you. They will not stop asking. They will not stop chattering. They won't stop begging. They're not worried about whether you can. They're not worried about your power. They're not worried about whether you're good or whether you're gracious. They're simply asking one thing. They get it. You can do this, and I'm asking you to do it. And I'm not going to stop until you do it. Will you do this? Will you do this? Will you do this? Can I have a cookie? Can I have that? Can I have this? Can I have the treat? I'm losing my mind. But that's what a child does, and childlike faith comes into the presence of God and simply asks, and it doesn't stop asking. The door is open. Jesus, would you come in? My soul is fatigued. My soul is tired. And I need the rest that only Relationship with you. Stand to your feet. I want you to take a deep breath this morning. Literally, just take a deep breath and just let it out. to take a moment and I'm going to give you just a few minutes to, to simply give God what you need to give him. choices that you're making that it's time to bring to an end. Maybe it's your pursuit of money. Maybe it's maybe it's that relationship where you think that if you finally, if you would just have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or if you were just married, if you just had that, that you you would have rest in your soul. No, you won't. You won't. Only Jesus can provide the rest that your soul desperately needs root of the Holy Spirit grows so that you can shine like the stars. Father, be with us. God, we're standing here this morning. Many of us fatigued, God, by the cares of the world. God, tied up and bound up in other things. And Jesus, we thank you that you can give us rest. Right where you're standing, you can say it in your, in your mind. You can whisper it. You can say it out loud. But I want you to just invite Jesus into your heart, into your situation, the thing that has you knotted up right now, the thing that has you tied up, the things that has you worried at night. Invite Jesus straight into it. Jesus, right now, we thank you by the Spirit of God that you are powerful. God, and that you're moving in our hearts and in our lives. God, even as we're quiet before you in the next moment, Lord, would you move powerfully in our life? I give you 30 seconds, church, and I want you just to invite Jesus into your circumstances today. Jesus, I thank you that you're ministering to marriages right now. I thank you that you're moving, God, in the children of some of our families here. God, you're moving in the parents. I thank you that you're moving in the hearts of our students rearranging things, helping people lay things down and not turn back. God, I thank you for the rest for our souls this morning. We find satisfaction in you this morning. running or pursuing other than you you are the king of our hearts take your rightful place as